Welcome to the Resurrected Fitness Podcast, where we walk through all things regarding faith, fitness, and everything in between. If you all have any topic requests, please drop a comment in the YouTube section or send me a message on Instagram. For more episodes just like this, please make sure to subscribe to the show. Thank you all for joining us and have a wonderful day. Welcome, Sam, to the podcast. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about yourself and how we got connected, why we're even here? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I do appreciate you having me on the show today. It's good to good to be talking with you. So you and I got connected, what, about a month or two ago Probably, yeah. through Instagram, I believe. So yeah. uh, I saw that you were making a lot of progress in the fitness world. And uh, you are also blending that with uh, faith as well. And to me, you know, as a man of faith, I thought that was really neat to see someone my age doing uh, business merging with, with faith and especially as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so I think, uh, I think I reached out to you and then we got connected and, and it's been kind of history since, but uh I just moved up here to Louisville this year, and I'm a full-time seminary student studying a master's of divinity right now, which sounds super spiritual, but it's, uh, <laughs> Very it's not. Yeah. Um, and so that's been, been great, but I have such a heart for business. That was my undergraduate studies was business and entrepreneurship. And so uh, I personally love to start things on my own and, and be creative. And so when I can meet other people who are uh, my age and doing the same thing, it's, it's always a, a fun time to kind of hear their story. So, yeah, absolutely. No, it's been, it's been pretty cool. Cause you know, I think the Lord provides in such a good way when you start down one track and it's so important to be around like-minded individuals, um, even having brothers in the faith, but also people who are business oriented and wanting to do mm -hmm. their own thing. Uh, that's also just a whole other aspect that not everyone has in the church. And so being around people who think that way and can create perspective for you and challenge the way you think is Absolutely. so vital. It is. Yeah. yeah, it is. And it can be hard, you know, you and I are both in our mid twenties to find that sometimes, you know, I know a lot of my friends, um, at least from college have, have, pursue some of the wrong things during these years. And it's, it's easy to, you know, you start making money and uh, you kind of want to go and kind of have fun and enjoy your single twenties or whatnot. But if you're, you know, find yourself being more focused, it's very important, like you're saying, to be around similar minded people. And it can be a challenge to find those people. Absolutely. But they're there, you know, and if you yeah. pray for them, the Lord will definitely put them in your path. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was really good to when we when we met up for coffee because the, the the conversation was uh, stimulating for my brains <laughs> in the mm. sense that it was challenging my thoughts and I have somebody in front of me quoting scripture that's a challenge to me of like I need to know the word like that right mm. um, and it's not an an ego thing more so it is like that's somebody walking the same path showing you how you can be moving too. Mm -hmm. and push me to be better and for me that's just have an insightful conversation to where you're not always giving but also receiving just through the means of conversation is mm -hmm. um awesome and much needed especially <laughs> for me i found 
Yeah. And I think that can be a weakness sometimes of high achieving people is that we're so used to producing, producing, producing and, mm-hmm. and putting content out there and uh, just output, output, output. But it's so important to have a healthy amount of input. In fact, our output really is only as strong as our input is, you yep. know, and, and input is going to come from somebody else. You know, it's always going to come from a, from a human, whether it's through a book or a podcast or, you know, someone across the coffee table, it's going to come from someone else. And um, we're going to be more effective in our work and in our ministry and in our new ventures, you know, if we have those people pouring into our, our lives. But for me, that's, that's been a weakness because um, sometimes I see people as a interruption or even a a distraction because I'm Mm -hmm. so high. I just want to get things done. You know, I have a checklist sitting here in front of me and I need all 10 things to be checked off by the end of the day. So I don't need an interruption, but I have found that, you know, doing it that way leads to burnout, you know, very quickly, very quick burnout. So it's important to have those people, you know, in your life that are kind of slowing you down, that are, you know, sharing scripture with you that are maybe calling you out on some blind spots or even encouraging you to do something different, you know, that, that uh, you haven't thought about. That was actually one thing that you mentioned to me when we were hanging out was uh, one way to shift kind of my business model uh, or just to kind of do something different, you know, with my online course. And, you know, that that's not something I would have thought of on my own. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just so crucial to have, you know, other people and then take the time to slow down and actually have those conversations. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So for those listening, I don't think they know exactly what your ministry is. Uh, in your business model. So could you tell us a little bit about what you do and what you're striving for? Yeah, absolutely. So about a year ago, I really felt the Lord put on my heart to start to be a voice for single guys. I just, again, like I mentioned, I saw some of my own friends kind of pursuing the ways of the world. And I just really wanted to reframe our single years as a pursuit of what matters most. And so um, I've really spent the last year diving into what kinds of things does singleness offer us right now? You know, what kinds of opportunities are there? What kinds of um, just platforms do we have? And and what should we be doing with this unique season that we have? Because many, we are single for a reason, you know, and uh, we, it's a unique time that many of us won't ever have again, you know, if we do get married and uh, it needs to be used wisely, you know? And so I've taken some time and created an online course. I've got uh, a four part course that is on my website now that you can go through and it'll walk you through the four different pillars as I call them of singleness. Um, And then I've also got a book that just came out about a month ago, which is all about prayer. And so it's 75 different prayers for the unmarried man. And so uh, a lot of us do spend our single years praying away this particular season. And Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to kind of kind of shift that and and say, Hey, you actually are single right now. So you can be praying for your present and your future. And so that book just kind of highlights a bunch of different ways that you can be creative in your prayer life uh, as well. So it's, uh, it's been neat. I, I, yeah. It's half the time. I don't know if I call it a ministry or if I call it a business, cause you know, I do have a website and I am selling uh, products, but um, I think that's the kind of the beauty of it is it's always tandem. They're always married to each other. They're, they're very mm-hmm. much uh, the same. A business can be a ministry to ministry. 
ministry can be a business. So, um, yeah, it's been a, a really fun last couple of months and, and year, even just creating this content and, and putting it out there. Um, it's changed me a lot personally, yeah. and I've had to kind of become more courageous and a little bit more bold. I'm sure you probably even experienced that a little bit last year, starting your thing. It's a risk, you know, yeah. and, uh, but it's definitely a risk that I'm glad that I've taken for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And it can be, you know, you're starting to put yourself out there and, and feel uh, that you have something to offer. And then mm. you don't know that how true that is until people respond to it. Right. Mm. So you get your first sale or uh, just feedback on what you're doing. So it's a scary thing to first step out there. Right. Um, and it wait, definitely is. You never know who is paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have one sale versus 10 people who saw it and kind of got a preview and took something even from that. And mm-hmm. we just don't understand the impact we have. And a lot of times we're just self-limiting. Um, but yeah. I think it's awesome. And that's a whole other, we might have to do another episode on singleness and uh, your perspective. <laughs> right. I think we've got a lot of different options to talk about. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that was one of the biggest things that I had to remind myself last year was, um, you know, I heard some entrepreneur who, who became successful, but he said that when he was starting off, he used to have to tell himself, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, that's really become a mantra for my life. And I'm not sure if you can kind of resonate with that to some extent, but really as I've created content and put stuff and published things, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm 25 years old. You know, all of this is a first to me and it's just uncharted territory, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to learn the lessons. I'm going to make the mistakes. I'm going to fail, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to learn and I'm going to get stronger. and I'm going to grow better in this field that I feel called to. So, um, yeah, it's just, I think that's one of the best fear defeating statements that I've been able to make in my life is, um, you know, it's okay that I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm still going to do it. You know, and I'm going to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I really think that's where people miss their potential is trying Mm. and being overwhelmed with failure, Mm. but not seeing that failure is probably the best thing that can happen. Yeah. There's so much perspective in doing something wrong because there is no right without wrong, right? Mm. Um, Absolutely. There's no good without evil, right? And Mm so it's just getting started and it's been tough. Like I look at my Instagram from a couple of years ago and it's, it's atrocious, right? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing uh, in the, the fitness standpoint. My form was terrible, but it's, I cared about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you just start building a platform and you continue your process of growth and education um, in, in, in all areas. And you start to see fruit be born from it. Um, and I think the Lord honors that effort to be putting mm-hmm. the next step forward. Absolutely. I'm really reminded of that of Paul going through Asia and being turned away by the spirit of Jesus where he's, he's just going right. And he got turned away twice by the Holy spirit and then the spirit of Jesus saying, you can't come here, but they didn't tell him where to go. And then he Mm -hmm. kept going and he prayed and he saw in a vision where the man in uh, Mount Philippi, I think so, but he ended up meeting Lydia. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was, it was just his pursuit. He was so adamant about ministry up until the day he died. And the Lord honored that, right? Mm. Um, but I think just even clients and people I've noticed just kind of be, are, they try something once, the failure of it overwhelms them, and then they're done. Mm-hmm. 
but you can't learn if you just don't mess up at all. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, and some of life's greatest lessons are in the midst of our failures, you mm-hmm. know, they really are. And, and that's anywhere that's in the fitness world. That's in marriage. That's in our personal spiritual lives. That's in relationships. You know, there's, there's going to be mistakes. I can think back to college and uh, some of the mistakes that I made, uh, even with, you know, relationships and uh, you know, just particular seasons that were more challenging. Those have been some of the greatest classrooms for me is that, that experience and those failures. Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, we, there's not really a, a, a route that uh, guarantees us to not have failure. You know, right. I think there, there's a route that goes forward. Um, but because we take small steps in that direction, um, we just aren't really able to prevent the failure that comes. Sometimes it just comes. And sometimes that's the the season of life that the Lord needs us to walk through uh, to learn a particular lesson. You know, I, I love the idea. This has helped me so much in my fitness life. And then also just spiritually as well is just thinking that some of our greatest victories come from a combination of small acts of obedience. You know, you think about, you know, with you and resurrected fitness, it's like you guys are, you know, when you train someone, you're asking them to, you know, work out X amount of times per week. And then over time, all those weeks added up and the months added up, you see a result, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same with all of our, you know, areas of life is that, you know, if we want to see something big happen, it takes a lot of small steps to get there. And uh, we can't underestimate those small steps. We can't underestimate, you know, going to the gym one day, you know, because that day matters. It builds on the next day and the next day and the day after that. Um, and and that's how it is for for all of our, our things, you know, is it just takes a lot of small steps. So, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the same can very much be sort of the opposite of that. It's like no one mm. wakes up addicted to something, right? Hmm. it's there's a hundred bad decisions that went into that that's good yeah um, and it's it's the same either way around and it's finding the value and keeping your world small like we talked about before and focusing on like between this meal and this meal i need to get this done if you focus on that until your next reward of time or relaxation or something and i talked about this with the seal that i listened to who talked on the joe rogan podcast hmm. and he said like seal training is brutal absolutely brutal i think that's universally known but he said they have to feed you every six hours Hmm. that if you can make it to the next meal you'll be fine but if you're focusing on the entire week you'll fail wow so it's it's taking value in the small things we're doing that are moving in the right direction Uh, and progress is never linear right Mm -hmm. um but if we can get that, that small perspective on like, I did my part today, I might've mm-hmm. messed up, but I did my part. Then Absolutely. we're still moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned Paul. I mean, that's exactly what he was doing. You know, he, he was a human just like us, very finite, you know, limited knowledge. He didn't know the greater picture of what we see now as we look through an entire new Testament of, of books. We, he didn't see that, but what he did see was taking small steps in the right direction, you know, over and over and over again. And over time, it amounted to something that the Lord has used for 2000 years to bring glory to his name, you know, and, and that's an inspiration to all of us is that, you know, we, we get to partake in that same thing just through obedience. You know, if God calls you to do one little thing here, then do it, you know, and, and, and dodge to the fear and, and to the shame that you might feel fear, feel going into it. Um, but just, 
you know, know that God's going to use that for his good for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think about David writing the Psalm about, I think it's Psalm 115. He talks about the lamp to your feet Mm -hmm. and it's never like a floodlight. It's, it's just right in front of you. Right. Mm. Of what's next, not anything past that. Um, And if, if we can somehow gather that perspective of letting, Mm. not letting tomorrow uh, create anxiety and just casting our requests on the Lord, one day at a time, one hour at a time, I think this, this life will become a lot more simple um, mm-hmm. and the mission will become a lot more simple. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Well, I mean, Jesus talked about it too, right? He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough worry of its own. You know, how could we be yeah. present on the right now? You know, what's been yeah. placed right in front of us. And um, you see that throughout all of scripture. I mean, Ecclesiastes talks about just being content in the seasons that we're in right now. And uh, it's, uh, we, we get very, with our modern age and the access to other people's lives very quickly, we get, we, we compare ourselves very quickly and we forget to take the small steps in the right direction in our own lives because we, we compare ourselves to somebody else or we want something that somebody else has. And, and that's dangerous, you know, because it derails us from our mission and the purpose that God has instilled in our lives. And uh, we've got to remind ourselves that, you know, we have a life to live that no one else can. And uh, we need to go forward. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think we kind of had a, a topic in mind, but I might switch that up a little bit based on. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so, let's, let's talk about being present day to day in what we're doing and in our, our pursuit of, of Christ and also making disciples, but even in our businesses. What does that look like? And how do we stay away from the overwhelm of what we're not achieving? and what tomorrow looks like and your experience. What is your perspective on that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that, you know, there's nothing wrong with planning ahead that needs to be set up front, you know, cause when I think about what Jesus is saying with do not worry about tomorrow, you know, worry is different than planning. You know, you can plan for tomorrow, actually, you know, Proverbs says to count the cost before we build something, you know, there, there's a lot of value and wisdom and being able to plan for something that is to come, but worrying is, is very different, but um, it, it, it takes some intentionality, you know, to, to plan your day to day, your week to week and your month to month with all areas of your life. Um, I think, you know, for me, what's helped is just setting goals, you know, and, and having a day-to-day goal, a week-to-week goal and a month-to-month goal and even yearly goals as well. Um, and having those, uh, in front, I actually in my room right now, I've got a bunch of different posters all over my wall that have just kind of like project management almost in in the list of all my goals. And, to me, that helps to see that constantly. You know, if they're in view daily, then I'm reminded to continue to pursue those goals. Um, but uh, you know, it's it, and it's easy with life's distractions to get derailed from that. But uh, I think what's also helped me is remembering the vision behind things as well. You know, because there's a lot of temptations in the world. You know, I don't I don't have to be doing this ministry. I could be doing other things, and and you don't have to be doing this fitness you know deal right now either. You can be you know spending your time doing other things. But I think what has helped probably you and definitely has helped me is just the vision behind it. You know that we're helping other people um, and and adding value to their life. We're making a difference in the world 
we're making a difference in the lives of our neighbors and our friends and people that we don't even know yet. And there's a lot of, of gravity to that in my day to day. Cause if, if I can remind myself of the greater influence that I'm having through the work that I'm doing, then, um, the excuses melt away real quick, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So with that, do you feel like that becomes more of a product of motivation or discipline? Cause I know for mm. me in my time, not every day I'm as fired up about helping people as I, I want to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Like uh, sometimes it's really exciting. I get into a good flow. I see people changing for the better and it uh, because of things that I've been able to implement in their lives. It's really awesome. But other days, it's not so exciting. And I sure. get, I'm wondering, like, am I really on a path toward making change? Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of my biggest things that I live by personally in my life is, is to not let my feelings be the decision maker in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. I make decisions on principle and then allow my feelings to follow. Because if I were to make decisions based on my feelings, the <laughs> man, I'd be a different person every day. You know, I can't let my stomach lead, you know, I can't let my flesh have the steering wheel of my life. Otherwise I'll be all over the place. And, uh, so, so it does, you have to take a step back into your question. It does come down to discipline. It really does. Uh, you see that throughout all of, all of scripture. One of my favorite verses is first Timothy four, seven, that says to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, you know, discipline is the first word of that verse. You know, we have to discipline ourselves because sometimes our feelings are going to want to take us in a different direction. Sometimes the people around us are going to want to take us in a different direction. Sometimes the memories of our past are going to want to take us in a different direction. We have to step back and remind ourselves uh, that we are disciplining ourselves and we have to carry that out. You know, I think back to what we were talking about earlier, just a few minutes ago is that's the power of brotherhood. That's the power of good community around you is that they're reminding you that you are, are disciplining yourself right now. Um, so yeah, there, you know, and there can be an unhealthy amount of discipline. There definitely can, you know, um, you can be over overly uh, disciplined and legalistic with things, but um, th- it's very biblical to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Proverbs says, no discipline is pleasant at the time, but it yields to a harvest of righteousness. So even the Bible says it's not always enjoyable, you know, it's not always mm-hmm. pleasurable, but it's worth it, you know, and, and that's how most things go in life. You know, most things in life are, are harder in the short run, but better in the long run. Um, and, and that's kind of how we've got to live our days as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And when you, when you hadn't mentioned that verse, it's actually not something I had seen or was aware of. Um, and I definitely mm. want it on a shirt at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it now. There we go. Well, it, four, seven. <laughs> it, it matches so well of what I stand for. And then, you know, I've kind of mm-hmm. talked about when I hear people, this is how my brain works with being a coach say like, Oh, mm-hmm. I want, I want to lose this on my stomach or this or that. And this in my head, I'm like, let's do it. Then. Let's work for it. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Um, it's very connected for me. And I also think it's kind of what we were discussing prior to this show was the interconnectedness between fitness and also just spiritual well being. So right. where do you see your work discipline and your aspirations in business connect to your spiritual life and discipline? Mm, yeah, good question. Absolutely. Cause they are connected. You know, they, they yeah. really are. Um, 
I was reading in my quiet time this morning in scripture about all the different places where Paul is comparing athletic terms and um, mirroring that to our spiritual lives, you know, running the race with endurance and disciplining ourselves and all those things. And they're tandem. They really are. If, if I, I really do think that, you know, a lot of times if we're out of shape physically, we are probably out of shape spiritually too. Um, and that's not always true. And the vice versa, that's not always true, but they are very much connected for sure. Um, and uh, so, yeah, in my work day to day, you know, I, I have to remind myself again of the vision of what I'm doing for sure. Uh, I use other people to you know, inspire me and to help keep me accountable. I think that's part of discipline as well. Um, I think just holding myself accountable, whether or not I'm hitting goals. And then if I'm not, you know, stepping back and be like, Hey, why didn't I hit that goal? What can we do better next time? You know, in the workplace that that is helpful as well. I think even just a big one is boundaries too. That's a huge part of discipline that I think is often overlooked and it is very, very biblical to have boundaries, but you know, boundaries with, you know, not taking work home you know, and, and being present with your family and being an active father or mother and uh, going all in and having boundaries with, you know, coworkers even too, uh, and, and maybe not helping too much and uh, not being too involved in other people's lives. Um, then, yeah. you know, not, you know, th- there's a lot of, of ways I think that we accidentally maybe neglect boundaries uh, in the workplace for sure. And, and it really doesn't help anyone. You know, we think in our minds that it's helping the other person, but it doesn't. And, um, you know, boundaries are for both parties good. They, they hurt and they can be painful, but they are beneficial to everybody in the long run. So I would say that's a big part of, of discipline for sure in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That makes me think of uh, Paul talking about everything being permissible, but not everything being beneficial. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think that applies, especially in the church and for our age group of being involved in multiple groups, serving opportunities yeah. and being so spread thin across what looks like a full resume, mm. uh, but is more so damaging and draining than is necessary. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah and i think i've experienced different seasons like that in my own life where it looked good i was like oh i'll be at church four days this week right Mm -hmm. um but who's actually getting my best energy and what boiling point am i getting to right um Mm -hmm. by not being maybe filled up in ways i need like solitude and time away from church Um, right and you know it (laughs) I think that definitely plays a role in how present we can be in those the spaces we need to be present the most. Uh, mm. If we are not taking time away from things we can do, but may just not be the best for us. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if it's another community night, it's like, oh, that sounds great. But, you know, I've got to be there for the people I'm discipling the next night. And I've been at four yeah. things this week. And can right. I really produce that fruit if I'm just continually giving and being involved in places other than my own mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that really falls into priorities, you know, and yeah. that's what it comes down to a lot. And that's a big part of discipline too, is, is what are your priorities, you know? And I think everybody needs to sit down and work that out on their own or with their spouse and really figure out what 
are what comes first in the family and in the household. And um, I, that helps when you, you come to a decision that you need to make. And what you can do when you have that list that's already determined is you can then make a decision based on the principle of your priorities and not on the feelings that you have in that moment. And so you can go back to, okay, no, family comes before, you know, whatever it is. And you make a decision based on that. And, uh, that's been, that's been huge in my life. I have my priorities written out on my wall in my bedroom and, you know, something I remind myself of constantly. Um, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, we're constantly demanding. And I think as a 20 year old, there's a lot of temptation to constantly find our worth in our busyness for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, and, uh, I think I personally had to learn that lesson the hard way is that that's not where my worth is coming from. And, uh, you know, I always thought the less white space on my calendar, the better, you know, cause that just means I'm valued, I'm loved, I'm needed, but no, I've really found it to be the opposite. Um, you know, even now is, is that, you know, the, the less I have going on is, is more time I get to spend with Christ and more time that I get to be really honing in on my purpose. And, you know, part of the Christian life is saying no to good things. You know, my favorite example of boundaries in scripture is the story of the good Samaritan. When the, the Samaritan took this guy who was injured to a hotel. Um, and instead of waiting around for the man who was hurt to be healed, the good Samaritan ended up just giving money to the hotel manager and left and, and went about his business because he had business to do in the town that he was going towards. And I just think that that's a good picture to all of us. It's like, you know, that good, that good Samaritan could have stayed for days. And I think sometimes we get tempted to, oh, if in order to help, we've got to, you know, surrender a lot, you know, we, we need to, you know, be there extra days and, you know, give more of our time and, and do more things and things like that. But, you know, the good Samaritan said, Hey, I've helped you and I have business to do in this town. So I'm going to leave you money and I'm going to continue to go do my thing. And there's, there's just a lot of, of, of necessity in boundaries for sure. And it takes time to develop that, you know, it, it does. And, and wisdom, you know, comes with some experience for sure. As it relates to that, I'm still figuring that out in my own life, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge thing. I think that's often overlooked for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I feel like that very much ties into priorities with, I just think of Jesus going through town and town, like his goal was not physical healing of individual people. His goal was the cross at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And he never stayed in one place. Uh, he might've stayed a few days here, left in one day there, but it was, it was always one goal. And it's, could he maybe hurt some feelings that way? Sure. But mm-hmm. was that his objective? No. It's it's bigger than that. And that goes back to priorities of how are we spending our time? Like, had he stretched himself thin of all of Galilee needs my healing first before I can go to the cross? Well, that's not true, right? Um, and he even tells us that we can do greater things than him. Mm-hmm. And so spreading ourselves thin can be so dangerous. And so that really goes back to yeah. priorities, what you were just talking about. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah it really does for sure. So. Hmm. Okay. So how do you, how do you feel like priorities ties into being present? Mm, yeah. Present in the day to day. Well, I think, you know, if you're, you know, say you, you have free time, you know, and you're not working or, you know, and you're, you're single and you have your evenings free, you know, I think your priorities is a good starting place for maybe how to spend that extra time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
for me, one of my, my biggest and number one priority is the Lord. And, um, if I have extra time, something I'm trying to get better in my life is spending more time with him. You know, for a long time, I would only talk to the Lord in my quiet time in the morning, you know, just 30 minutes an hour, you know, reading through scripture in the morning. But the more I realize that is, is the more or think about relationship with the Lord is, is how personal it needs to be. And so I'm trying to make it more like a relationship between like you and me, where it's like, we talk consistently, you know, it's a friendship. It doesn't just happen at six in the morning and that's it. No, it's, it's consistent. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's uh, something that I've thought about uh, priorities. Um, you know, when, when, again, when conflict, when conflicting things come up, you know, you have a good, you know, base of, of kind of how to make that decision in your life too. Another thing with priorities is that they will change from season to season. You know, I've moved around a good bit in my life in the last couple of years. And every time I do move, I have to sit down and, and rewrite out my priorities. Now, mm -hmm. the first couple usually are the same, you know, God, family, you know, community or something like that. But uh, after that, it, it does, it does change, you know, based on what I am involved in for sure. Um, and there's value to everything on the priority list, but you know, they're not all equal in value. So that's a big, big distinguishing factor there is really weighing each one in particular and seeing how yeah. much value there is in all of those. So, yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, the time you spent alone uh, with the Lord and only that being 6am, right. Mm -hmm. Versus, and I found myself knowing like tomorrow I want to get through Matthew 17. Right. And I want to have read the commentary on it and I want to have just know it well, but might have entered reading without even praying. Mm -hmm. And now it's no longer the relationship. It's, it's a, it's a knowledge thing wanting to feel better about my knowledge of scripture. And mm -hmm. so it's missing like the key ingredient. And I think those, those key ingredients of relationship and actual compassion can uh, for us seem like distractions to the actual goal. Hmm. at different times uh, sure like maybe i've had instances where i was training in person and i ended up having a conversation with somebody and i was at work an hour later than i expected to be right mm -hmm. great conversation but then i'm wrestling with well i needed to get this done and that done mm -hmm. but i have no idea the eternal impact i'm having just by sitting there for another hour with somebody right absolutely um, yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. And I think it's important, you know, that's why again, white space on the calendar is so valuable because you don't know when something like that will happen. You know, you just don't. And, uh, I think the American culture has groomed us, especially in the corporate world to have all those minutes planned out and especially in the workday, you know, and to have all the calendar invites on the calendar and, and to really know what you're doing every single minute of the day. And, mm -hmm. you know, that can be useful to an extent, but, uh, I have found that having that extra space is, is so valuable because you just, like you said, you never know what kind of impact you're having on other people in a conversation. And you never know like what you need to hear from somebody else either. Yeah. Um, and that, that is valuable. So I get, I think what it really does come down to though is wisdom in those moments. Cause you know, you can argue for both, you know, as far as like, I need to leave a conversation that's going long because I have a priority of my family, or you could argue, I need to stay in this conversation because we could valuable. I think what it really comes down to is wisdom and uh, wisdom is something that is only available through the Holy spirit, you know, straight from heaven and, and the Holy spirit, you know, Jesus calls him a counselor. And that's really what's going to give us 
the the yes or no in those kind of conversations in those moments of like do I stay a little longer or do I need to go back home and attend to my family or you know get in the word or do whatever's on the priority list the holy spirit is really what's going to show us and and speak to us about what to do there uh, because you know many times and, and I'm sure you face this all the time is like there's a lot there, there's usually uh, two paths to decision and they're both biblical, you know, they're both arguable for, uh, just better and greater things and, and, and just growing. But, uh, the, the spirit is going to communicate the wisdom on, on which one is to be taken at the right time. So yeah. that's been a huge lesson for me. Yeah. That's so interesting too. Um, and we see that with Paul and Silas splitting up when Mark was kind of a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that was Mark, which is in the middle of Acts when they were having their kind of dispute and Paul wanted to go on by himself. He was tired of Mark. <laughs> and, uh-huh. um, but we see purpose still being driven through a disagreement and a priority of like, I feel it's better if I go on alone. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, neither were wrong necessarily. Mm-hmm. And the same can be said of, you know, relationships, which is this could be a whole other discussion. But, you know, I don't believe we're assigned to one spouse, right? Um, That's not scriptural in my knowledge, but it's, you could be in the process of evaluating somebody and it could be really good, but it could also be really good to not, you know? Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, the wisdom of discernment and how we know which path is good for us at that time, even though like what's good versus what's great. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, very different things. Uh, but again, it's that wisdom that has to come. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that takes time, you know, it does. And, uh, it, you know, it comes from being with the Lord daily and that's why the discipline's important, you know, so it all connects, you know, it, it's, it's, we're it's, all back to the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, cool. Um, yeah, I think we could probably wrap up there for now. Um, so I would say just kind of as a recap for everybody for how we can be a little more present in our day to day, we've kind of, we've got vision. So being connected to our our purpose, why are we doing what we're doing? Uh, whether that's Mm -hmm. in business or at home, like, why am I giving time to my wife? Right. Why is that important? And next one being separating yourself from emotional decision-making like you Mm -hmm. talked about. Uh, and helping to see like what, which also goes into the next one of priorities. Like what's the best mm-hmm. decision and what matters mm-hmm. the most. Uh, another one, boundaries and creating space between yourself and what's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, white space on the calendar. So mm-hmm. creating an interruptible life, uh, time that can be, created uh, where the Holy spirit can just move because the Holy spirit doesn't work off of calendars. Mm, That's good. And so hopefully that helps everybody listening, but uh, Sam, it has been awesome. Thanks for joining us. Well, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks.